Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. I'm Amy, general contractor. And I'm Alicia, homeowner. And we're talking home repair. All right. Today, we've got some fun conversations ready for us. We're going to do a project update. We're going to talk about terms, construction terms. So you can talk to your contractor. You can talk to the guy at the Home Depot. Yes. Any of your providers, you know, you'll be talking the same language and you'll understand when they throw a bunch of jargon at you. And then we're going to introduce a new segment. Thank you. You're new. welcome. We're gotcha. Gonna, <laughs> we're introducing a new uh, segment, Kayla's Corner. And it's kind of a mixture of corrections of things that we've said. Added information. Added information, tangents, uh, clarifications. Pretty Ooh, much we a, should have said this. We should have said this. And, and uh, th- those notes are provided by our, our friend Kayla. <laughs> so we'll hit that later. But let's let's start with a project update. It's an update on your dad do. What's going on? Um, okay, so we're doing the the dad do up in um, North Seattle, and we have broken ground. Uh, we are working on the foundation. We've got some uh, inspections already lined up. We've got we're having an issue with parking permits, and I, I think Susan's got it. Parking taken. for you guys to work and everybody. Yeah, to work. it was. It's ridiculous how incredibly difficult it is now we had okay so just to give you an example yeah we had uh gotten some temporary parking permits right no parking signs for the street right there for when we're doing the excavation and the concrete pour so we had the street signs out and they're the a-frame that's got the permit Mm -hmm. stuck on it right that gives you the date and the project and all that kind of stuff well somebody from the city drives by and says those aren't the right you need some other kind of permit, right of way or something or another. And we couldn't quite figure out what So it they was. actually looked at the permit and said, that's the wrong kind of right. parking Right, you need permit. a right of way permit. And we're like, but, but we're not keeping anything out in the street. We're just, right. you know, it's like as these trucks come in, you know, temporarily, you know, not even Park a day. for the day. Right. And, and Susan spent a good part of yesterday and some of today trying to figure out exactly what it is we were supposed to get for this right of way. Now, okay, so this is parking. Right. How relevant is that to the quality of the building that we are putting together? Right. So, okay, so why is it hard to build in the city of Seattle? Because of this stuff. Yeah. That it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. Did you ever get clarification on on why you would hit a right of way threshold for no. parking? No. No, they just said you need this. And so she's been going through, and because, you know, you can't do it, you can't go down uh, to the city anymore. Right, because everything's right? closed. Yeah, everything has to go, you have to do it online. So she's been floundering around online trying to find it. When I left the office, she was, oh, she thinks she had it. But yeah, it was just incredibly frustrating for parking. Man. We weren't blocking sidewalks. There was no commercial spaces that we were affecting. There was nothing. It was- No it, overnight. Nothing. So, yeah, yeah. No, it was just- Utterly ridiculous. And so what's the kind of 
quote, permit parking that you you got if you didn't get a right-of-way? What's the other kind called? We just had a, a, a temporary no parking. I'm not exactly sure what the technical Is it for construction? Or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. A temporary street permit, street use permit. Street use permit. Right. And why we needed this right-of-way, I don't know. And what does right-of-way mean? Good question. Oh, okay. Good question. Well, you know, we can ask Susan next time we have her on the air. Oh, man. That's a phone call. <laughs> That's a phone call, right? right From the field. Tell us about right-of-way parking. Oh, my gosh. So, but you've broken ground. Yes, we've broken ground. You've got foundation poured. Um, I think we've got foundation forms. Oh, great. Right. So they've got to do, you know, put the rebar and all that kind of stuff in and, and inspection for that. And then we're going to be pouring here pretty soon. That's great. Very exciting. Great, great, great. Mm-hmm. And so do you have all the other materials you need, building materials, the, to start framing and Trusses such? are supposed to be delivered in a couple of weeks. Cool. So we will be ready to go. And the regular structural lumber um, is readily available. Are you concerned about storage of your lumber these days? There, you know, was a raft on the prices. And is that concerning you when you have uh, a lot of wood sitting around? It is, but it's not going to be sitting for long. Okay, it'll be you know once it's delivered, uh, we're going to start be we're going to start using it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like uh, it's going to sit there for three or four weeks where somebody can look at it and figure out how they're going to get it. We're going to use it before before anybody can make their plan to steal it. Do you have a fence around the project at all? We don't, but that might be a good idea. Just a temporary kind, of just a. Just a deterrent. I mean, of course they could. Oh yeah, they could do anything, but but just right. a simple orange construction fence to just kind of keep people out would be a really good idea. I would even think with the foundation. Yep, that's cool. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. Go it's moving very right along. Very yeah, moving right along. Yeah. So let's move on to our topic of the day: construction terms. Okay. What do we need to know? How are you organizing this? Because there's got to be gobs of, of terms. Well, I just kind of mixed and matched and pulled stuff out, and I got a little advice from Kayla. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I was um, listening to another podcast, and somebody was talking about having talked to their uh, general contractor, and the general contractor was talking about things that the guy had no idea what he was talking about. And, and I know that that's pretty common. Uh-huh. Um, and some of this stuff is just, you know, if you, you kind of know what it is, it gives you a better idea of the kind of questions that you might want to ask. Right, right. Um, not saying that you need to be able to use it in a sentence, but if somebody <laughs> says LVL to you about your house, then you'll know, huh, okay, now I know what that means. Right, right. right. What would you think LVL is? Luxury vinyl. No, it's not that. It's not. That's, what no. is LVL? It's a laminated veneer lumber. Oh. Yeah, it's an engineered lumber product. And so do you use that for like beams and such? Yes. Okay. Yes. So when somebody says, oh, we're going to be putting an LVL in there, that's what that means. Well, they're it's just being jerk. Like, I mean. Cause, uh, no, but because what do we, we care? What do, I, what do I care as the end user if it's laminate or if it's a, I mean, it's going to be a price difference, I assume. I mean, because you're basically talking about either a full piece of wood as a beam Dimensional or LVL, lumber. right? Yeah. Well, there's there's different types, right? There's of L- engineered. There's LVL. And there's uh, PLAM, Paralam, which is a pressure laminated, and then there's glue lam, and they're a little bit different, but it's all engineered wood. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if you know you hear those terms, as opposed to a beam, 
And why would I ask about the different ones? Like if he said an LVL, what questions should I ask around that? You know, is that going to mean a price thing? Is that going to mean a structural thing? Price-wise, it's actually, um, no, don't, it, I, this may not be the case, but it's it's um, cheaper than if you were going to get like a four by 10 or a right, right, right. six by, right? So but among the engineered. Well, there's care yeah, significantly it, among the engineered. There, there is a, there is price difference between LVL and PLAM, um, but those I don't. I wouldn't be so concerned about that. And, okay. and the reason you know that I wanted to present this is is so that if your contractor or somebody's talking to you and saying, you know, we're going to put an LVL up here, what does that mean? Um, so you know that 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 it's going to be a beam of some sort, mm-hmm. and and the the type of material. And if you want to dig deeper into, you know, what exactly is it, and why are we using it, um, you know, you can beyond just, beyond curiosity. Though, will I care much as the the homeowner or the project? No, I wouldn't think okay. so. Um, okay. These engineered products, they they're able to span a longer distance than actual dimensional lumber, right? Without having post supports, which is great. So you've got this long span, and and you can figure out. You get your architect or your engineer to figure out. Okay, what size beam, what size LVL beam do I need mm-hmm. to to you know span, span whatever this I'm trying. sixteen feet, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to you know it's. If it were dimensional lumber, which is, you know, dug fir that's cut or hemlock or whatever it may be, this, the span on that engineered lumber is, is so much greater and it's so much stronger. And you don't have to deal with the twisting and cupping and, and bending and all that kind of stuff that you have with dimensional lumber. Sure, sure. Yeah. sure. So, um, and then there's there are a couple of questions. If you plan on, you know, staining it, is it going to be exposed then you know, like that. You yeah, know, those are kind of questions. Kind I was of wondering. things because okay. there is a little bit of a difference between between them and which one, you know, which one takes a stain better and which one, you know, if if it were exposed, which one looks better. Those kind right. of things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, that was a tangent on uh, that's next okay. term. Next term. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Um, Joist. Joist. J O I S T versus a stud. Mm-hmm. Versus a beam. Mm-hmm. I versus, think I might know this. Versus a girder. A girder. Yeah. Does girder have to be metal? No. Okay. No. So a joist mm-hmm. is going to be something that's horizontal. Correct. So it's going to be a floor or a ceiling. Yes. Or a deck. Yes. Uh, making of a deck or something. Right. So And those are going to be uh, stabilized in a different way. So they're going to be the... Kind of the long way is up and down, is right. vertical and the but right. A, right. Um, a stud is used for walls, right? Vertical. I mean, isn't that just a so stud is not just describing a board? I always thought it just described a board. It's actually describing the purpose of the board. Yes, which is vertical, right? Doing vertical, right? Joist is horizontal. Okay, what was our other beam? The, the beam is carries a load. Well, so, so does your joist. Beam is actually a, a generic term for a joist is a type of beam. Oh, so it's like squares and rectangles. Right. It carries okay. load. Right. So it carries load. Yep. All right. Yeah. And then a girder. girder. 
Isn't it related to beams and joists? It is. Girder is your main beam of your house. Oh, okay. And typically there's one or two in the house, and that carries the load of the joists. So it's going to be your your main beam that runs the entire width or length of your house, and your joists will run perpendicular on top of that. So you have beams on kind of the top of the directory, and then you have kinds of beams, and there will be a girder, and then there would be joists. Is yes. that how you would organize yeah, that? Yeah, beam meaning? is a general, general, it's a horizontal. Anything that's horizontal. Horizontal. And then you've got a girder is the beefy one that's carrying the load of your house. Everything goes down to the joy or the girder, and the girder is supported by posts. Right. The joist is supported by the girder. Super. Yeah. That's awesome. Right? That All cool? right. Nice like, test. Nice test. You. Okay. Um, header. What's a header? So it's going to be... The is it considered a stud or a joist no. type of thing because it's where your it supports your doors and windows, right? It's right, the, any opening. It's kind of a beam. It's kind of a beam because okay. it it goes from stud to stud in your opening for your doors and windows. Okay, cool. So yeah, it's it's a short. You know, however the width of your door is, that's up above, and it's typically the width of. The stud will Your be framing underneath. Lumber. Right. It right. supports you like have, a big yeah. arch. It's- yes. Yes. You have, there's two set, there's two studs in a door opening. Mm-hmm. One is what they call the jack stud, which is the one that's on the inside that your header actually sits on. Mm-hmm. And then there's a king stud, which runs from the bottom all the way up onto the, by the, beside the header and goes up to the top plate. So it kind of frames around the on either so king side stud of the. It will go all the way from the bottom plate all the way to the top plate. Right, all the time. Yes, and then your jack stud is going to be right alongside that, mm-hmm. but shorter than that, as 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 large as your opening is, and then the header sits on top of Correct. those. Yes. Okay. Yep. And so most. Are most studs then, if it's not in a windowed or a door opening king studs? No. It's only called a king when it's related to to a header jack no, combo. like that, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, so king's not everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's um, cool. And so the, let's say in a window situation, mm-hmm. the header's on top. What do you call the horizontal board on the bottom? That's a great question. Or is that another header but below it's because the same cons- you still have are the short ones that go from the bottom plate up to the the bottom of that opening are those called jack studs too those are called cripples those are called cripples mhm why is why is that i don't know okay i don't know why they call them a jack stud or a king stud i just know they do okay <laughs> it's a cripple stud and and so you'll have cripple studs in all your window openings yes and also, sometimes you'll have cripple studs above a door frame. Right, okay. It's, it's, I think some of it has to do with jurisdiction and, and whether the, the door opening is on a load-bearing wall. But you can, my understanding is you can, now I'm not a carpenter. Right. I am right. not a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can use cripples in place of headers on non-bearing or non-load-bearing walls where there is a door. 
you need something to go horizontal where the header would go. Correct? It would be like a top plate, right? You would frame it in as a square. And it would just go right to the king. Right. And and your header, your header, quote, quote. Air, air quotes, is is just gonna be a two by four. That goes that, that goes across, yeah, and then and then you so your jack stud will go up underneath that that two by four that's going horizontal, and then you'll have cripple studs in that opening between your two by four that's going horizontal and your top plate. Well, isn't that what a header is anyway? A two by four, or is that substanti- no, no, no? Two by four is substantially bigger. Often it's a four by eight. It's a yeah. It's a it's it's wider. Than the a header usually is. a header is is wider not wider excuse me no it's it's a beefier piece so it's, piece right it's it's can you build it with two two by fours uh, you can sometimes it's sandwiched together usually it's uh, using a two by two by eight two by ten with a piece of plywood sandwiched in between to compensate for that difference um, how can it be a by eight if your walls are only like a six I said two by eight. Right, so it would be you're 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 flipping it. You're flipping on on its on its kind edge. Of, okay, yeah. So once you get all those terminology or the, all that terminology, you can kind of picture. You could draw a little frame. You could, uh, yeah. Schematic of of one of the walls in your house or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Just knowing what they are. Great. 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 Those the Jack and the King being connected together kind of strengthen that. So it's like you've got a four by four post. There. If you've got a wide, you know, if if the space between the studs are usually, if, if you're doing a sixteen on center type of of wall, wouldn't you put cripples above the header anyway? Yes, because your door is going to be wider than sixteen inches. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you have cripples below and above a window and above a, a door. Right. And it, but a lot of times, or, or sometimes, they- that your header will be because I mean, how tall is your how tall is your door? Six eight. Right. Okay. So how tall is your ceiling? Okay. So uh, sometimes it will it will span. It'll that already header take up will all that span space. all the way to the top plate. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I, would that help you decide whether you were going to do an eight-inch one? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. But like if you had really tall ceilings, then you would have those probably cripples mm-hmm. in there. Yep. Exactly. Super. All right. Now I can design my 10-foot ceiling room. <laughs> <laughs> That's down in the basement? Right. Exactly. Can you do that? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So um, PVC, PEX, CPVC, and ABS. Okay, PVC, PEX, PX, yeah, PEX, CPVC, CPVC, and what was your fourth? ABS. ABS. Okay, these are all different kind of plumbing material, correct? Right, piping, yes. Pipe type of thing. Yeah. So I know PVC, that's kind of the standard. I wouldn't know how to differentiate the difference between PVC, CPVC, and ABS, but the PEX is flexible. That's what they're using now for for most plumbing for supply. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. They're they're getting they're getting away from the copper because copper is so expensive right now. And um, gnarly to work and with. It is. It's a lot harder to work with. You've got solder joints and all that kind of stuff and, and pecs it, you just I mean, unroll it, put it through and, and then you, you clamp More on like your using clamp wire on your almost. Yeah. Right. It is. It is. It's really easy to work with and, and, and works really, really well. So PVC is what I'm Familiar with. So what's the difference between PVC and CPVC? So PVC is white. 
Okay. C PVC is a yellow. PVC is typically only used for cold water and sometimes used for drain lines. Okay. CPVC yellow can be used as, or has been used in the past as supply, water supply, uh -huh. but it can get kind of brittle. Mm -hmm. It's it's easy to work with too. I mean, it's easier to work with in copper, but not as easy as PAX. Um, but you can use both hot and cold with it. Okay. Was that an interim between copper and PAX or... I don't remember seeing a whole lot of that as supply. No, and, and I don't know if it's just parts of the country that used it, okay. um, but it, it has been used. Um, I always think of it as more of a drain type of thing. No, not the CPVC. No, the but the PVC. PVC. Yes. PVC. Yes, okay. PVC. You'll find PVC, the white PVC, is often used on um, irrigation systems because you're only working with cold water. Sure. Okay. Cold only. Yeah. And then the yellow, whatever the C represent, allows it to yeah. also be hot water as yeah, well. Yeah, cold and hot water, right. Okay, cool. And so what's ABS? Right. Uh, ABS is your black pipe. Oh, okay. And the black pipe is drain line. So that's always drain. Mm-hmm. I think I was using PVC and ABS interchangeably. Oh, okay. You know, okay. like whether it's... So if it's white and big, it's still PVC. But if it's black... And big or small, all those sizes, it's ABS. Yes. And so it's more of a, it's kind of fibristic more than the PVC. Is that like... The ABS? When, yeah, because like when you cut into it, like you can saw through it. Right. And then um, it like has a grain in there where PVC always just seems like clean plastic if you break it. Or uh, I don't know if you're, I don't, I don't know if that's actually true. I know that... Uh, the the wall of ABS is a little bit thicker than what you typically. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So that, I think so that's what I'm seeing. A, um, yeah. PVC stuff is is you're typically working with you know inch inch and a quarter something like that, but your ABS is typically bigger than that, right? You're okay. Two inch, and so you've got a thicker wall. Um, but nah, I don't know. There may be some, and it could be the the course the coarseness of your hacksaw too. You're cutting it with. Uh, true. I probably I just created my own little grain there. <laughs> right. Dirt? And one one thing that you need to remember when you're working with this different kind of pipe or these different types of pipe is there are different types of glues that you need to use. So you need to make okay. sure that you've got the right kind of glue. Um, and also PVC uh, will often require a primer, which cleans the surface and, and makes it ready for glue. So make sure you're using the right glue with the right right pipe. Super, super. Good note. Yeah. Um, okay, a little electrical. All right, electrical. Transformer. Well, the transformer is outside your house. If we're well, talking about you have house them on the inside as well. We've got transformers all over. So what are you talking? I mean, like even your. Well, it's kind of like it was. You know what? What does it mean when your electrician says um, that? Well, we have to put a transformer up here in the cupboard because we're going to do. Um, under under is it, counter is lighting, it cupboard like a Midwest term. It, it I is. use cupboard. Yeah, I do say cupboard. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I think the difference. I want to get feedback from our listeners. Cupboard versus cabinet, because I think cupboard, you're right, does spill over into where you might put your dishes, but more often, it has to have like sundries in it. 
So I used cupboard before I used pantry. Oh, we never had yes. a pantry. We didn't have a pantry. We had a cupboard. Well, we didn't have a kitchen big enough to have a pantry. Right. <laughs> well, we did. We had these double doors. It's almost like it was a closet mm-hmm. in our kitchen. And so it was our it was our big cupboard full wow. of like the cereals and the canned food and all that kind of stuff. But I wonder, I think we still did cabinet for where the dishes and glasses were. Nah, it was cupboard for a while. That was always cupboard. So both of them were cupboards? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. All right. You guys can email us. Cupboard versus cupboard cabinet cabinets. versus pantry. Yeah. Pantry. It was definitely not pantry. Pantry <laughs> is definitely the, the sundries. Okay, so yeah. transformer. So Transformer. You're taking electricity up or down, mostly down. Yeah, usually down. So, so because it comes out on the street, right? It's it's like that transformer that is either the box that sits on the ground, Mm. or you've got those big barrel shaped things that are hanging on the utility poles. They're converting the lines that are on the utility pole, four hundred to six hundred volts, right? And it's transforming it into two forty that's coming into your house, right? And then your panel does its work. And distributes and, that. And, right, and distributes th- that correctly. So then um, you've got your transformer for your lights, under cabinet under lights. Under cabinet lights. Um, doorbell is, oh, is doorbell. another one, right? Okay. You forget you have it because it's tucked somewhere. It's like, where's the doorbell transformer? Right, okay. Um, so it converts it from 120, usually down to 12 volt. So it's low voltage. And are more devices doing that transformation for you to, to get that step down? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you're, if you're buying a kit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like low voltage lights and then, so it'll, it'll come with that transformer or it'll take that, you know, when you've got one of those big plugs. Right. It's got that, that's what that is. Transformer is right there on the plug that's converting it to low voltage. So when you get, when you get something like, um, String lights that are those tiny little baby LEDs, mm-hmm. and they're, those are low-voltage lights. Well, what does it plug into? And it's either got a transformer that's in line that's, that's plugging about, like, into the wall. the wall warts? The wall warts? So, like, things that are the size of, you know, that you plug in. Like a cube, like the size of a Rubik's Cube. Right. Yeah. So, a lot of computers are doing that, too, right? Anything that has that, in, that kind of external block. Mm-hmm. Is that transforming? That's stepping something down slightly to a different voltage? Yes, I think it's more the amperage than it is the, uh, and and like computers and stuff like that, it's the amperage and and not the voltage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll do a whole other one on voltage during versus amperage. Right. And have my dad as a call in. Oh, there you go. Discussing that. Oh, yeah. Whether it's the width of a hose or how part, it just, yeah. <laughs> Flow Bernoulli's. versus pressure. Bernoulli's principle. Yeah, probably. Yes. yes. Um, okay, so rough opening. Rough opening. Mm-hmm. Again, we're talking windows more than doors, right? Or mm-hmm. is it doors no, and windows? It's doors and windows. So doors and windows, it's when it's cut out and everything's built around it, but the jams aren't installed yet. Right. It's right? that, yeah, once you've got it all framed, you've got your jack and king studs in place, your headers in place. It's that measurement uh, between between the studs, between okay. the jack studs. That's your rough opening. And from floor to the bottom of the header. It's okay. your rough opening. So when you go to order a door or a window, 
guy's going to ask you, well, what's the rough opening? Uh, I know it's a 36-inch door. Well, that doesn't help. Right. Um, because sometimes they will, I mean, something. it helps with the width because typically it's a, you know, it's a, I think it's an inch and a half, but your rough opening is typically an inch and a half bigger or more than the size of your door, the width of your door. So if you had a 36-inch door, it's usually 37 inches or more is going to be your rough opening width. But the height could be different, right? You right. may have a shorter height, so you need to know that whether so that they know whether to cut the door. So, okay, so if you didn't think about it beforehand and you now have this rough opening, mm -hmm. that's how you're going to take your measurements to know what size of door you can get right. or, or if it needs to be cut down right, or something yep. like that. So tell me about what happens to the bottom plate because there's a bottom plate that exists there when you're putting the when you're framing that a opening wall. in when you're framing a wall there's mm -hmm. that bottom plate goes all the way along the wall mm -hmm. and then if i put a door in it i don't have a step i don't step over a bottom plate so what happens to the bottom plate in that opening and do when i'm measuring the rough opening i'm assuming that's already going to be gone Yes. So I don't measure from the top of that bottom plate. I'm actually down to that subfloor or, or whatever flooring you have, right? Right. Yes. Yes. That that plate gets cut. It gets cut back even with jack studs. Even with the jack studs. Mm -hmm. The jack studs are sitting on top of it. Yep. And then so right where that jack stud ends is where you're going to cut that yep. bottom plate. Yep. So I have rough opening but I don't have my flooring in. I just just have a subfloor. Mm -hmm. So I need to know what flooring I'm putting in and how thick that's going to be, including any underlayers, right? Yes, you have to have a pretty good idea. I mean, you wouldn't want to put in like a thin LVP, a luxury vinyl planking. Yeah, you wouldn't want to assume that you're putting an LVP, put in carpet, but you've got your doors cut for installing LVP. LVP, right. So then you're going to have to cut all your doors. Or if you're going to have thick tile, if it's going a door right. going into a kitchen right. so or something. You, you kind of got to know what your what your finished floor is going to be. So you've got that, you know, is it three quarters of an inch? Is it half an inch? Is it an inch and a half? You know, what is it? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Something right. to think about. Plum versus level. Level is horizontal. Mm -hmm. Plum is vertical. Very good. Even though you use a level to determine both. Right. Yeah. All right. Nice. All right. Um, hose bib. Hose bib is what you put over your spigot in the winter. No. What is that called? Hose bib is your outside faucet. Oh, that's a hose bib. It's a hose bib. Why? I, again, I don't know. <laughs> that's another episode where we actually dig <laughs> dig up this. Like, right. Where do they come up with these? Right. <laughs> well, okay. So another one. Is, you know, you've got a, a, an extension of pipe that's threaded on both ends. What's that called? <gasps> I don't know. I, really? No, I should know what it is. It, it's like left me. two inch, four inch, six inch. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's called a nipple. Right. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is that? We could come up with some ideas. Oh, but we could. It wouldn't but be a family show anymore. Yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what a water hammer arrester is? I'm not quite clear on what creates water hammering. I, I I read about it once, and then I... It's air in your pipes. It's Okay. So it's air in your pipes. 
An arrestor is something that you put somewhere in the path of it. Well, no, no, I take that back. It is not air in your pipes. That's what that's what the arrestor is. Is regulating that. But what that. causes the the water hammer is the sudden stopping of the water and it slams against the pipes. But why is it slamming against the pipes? It does have something to do with because air being caught, right? No, no, no. It's it's because uh, it, that's what it'll it'll do that that high pitch kind of thing. That's that's kind of air. But okay. But when if you have a mechanical valve like a washing machine, it shuts it off immediately. Ah, uh, right, right. Then the water will slam into that valve in or that whatever pipe. stops right. it, and, and and that'll. So if you have a water hammer arrester. It's a little section of pipe that has an air cushion in it, which prevents that water slamming against the pipe itself, and it slams against that water or that air instead. Oh, right. Yeah. So kind of a little suspension. Kind of like it, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's water hammer arrester. Water hammer arrester. Yeah. And they're usually, you know, in some inconspicuous place, you know, down by your washing machine valves or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, GFCI and AFCI. An AFCI. This is electrical. Mm-hmm. And they are out there, kinds of outlets. Correct. Right? Well, breakers. Well, well safety. I'm sorry, they're on a break. Well, I know that I have no idea what the AFCI is. Obviously, they're going to be related. The GFCI are either special outlets or a component of a special outlet that has its own little breaker in it. And so you have the little test button and the little reset button. Yes. So it'll pop and not worry about your, it won't pop your circuit down at the panel. Right. Uh, before it breaks. This will pop before that does. Right. And it is now required per, uh, code-wise in bathrooms and kitchens? Bathrooms, kitchens, garages, any garages. place where there's water and outside. Right. So it's Oh, G- it's a water thing. Yes. So it's it's GFCI, ground fault circuit interrupter. Mm-hmm. So it will trip when there is a difference between the power coming in and the neutral, the power going out. When there's a difference between those two, it'll instantly within milliseconds. Right. It it trips. And it is preventing uh, electrocution. Um, and then, so it's ground fault circuit interrupter. Why do we care about it tripping there then? You can have a GFCI in your breaker box as well. You can have a, a GFCI breaker that's got the same test button and reset button as, as in, um, in a bathroom. Yeah. So, so placement of it is not is not uh, is critical. It's it's the sensitivity of it. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna break sooner than your panel. No, the 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 fluctuation in the flow is is not gonna cause the breaker the typical the breaker right at the panel to trip. But the GFCI does because of the way it, it's configured, whether it be a GFCI breaker in the panel or a GFCI outlet. Right, right. Right. It's like you get that you get that change in flow, it's gonna trip and it's gonna it's gonna shut it off. And that so, little change is gonna happen more likely with a little water getting in there. Yes, when you've got the the introduction of water. So the the power, the hot is coming and going into the water as opposed to back into the neutral where it's supposed to go. 
right? So that's then then that difference is going to make it trip. Mm-hmm. So and then with the AFCI, which is arc fault circuit interrupter, that is preventing uh, sparks or arcing, okay. and it detects that. So so GFCI prevents uh, electrocution, and the arc fault interrupter uh, prevents uh, Fire. fires. So when you have uh, frayed lamp cords, mm-hmm. those kind of things. So you'll find the AFCIs now in bathrooms, and excuse me, bedrooms, living, uh, rooms. living rooms, hallways. And sometimes they'll have one that it's an AFCI, but it's not an outlet. Mm-hmm. But it kind of, in newer houses, it's like this AFCI kind of sits in a closet and is protecting the circuit that's in that bedroom. Oh, the whole circuit. The whole circuit right there, as opposed to having an AFCI breaker in the box. I see. So fire, AFCI, electrocution, GFCI. So I still have one question, though. Okay. Why not have that sensitivity at the panel, then? You can. I know you can. Why isn't it just by default? Because Because stuff would be tripping all over the place? Yes. Because you get, sometimes you get surges, sometimes you get um, drops that are not harmful. So you would have needless trips. Tripping, yeah. All the time. But in situations where you're close to water, you want to make sure that you're not. um, So it's hyper careful. Yeah. I mean, if it were a serious situation, it would trip at the panel. Right. Like, yes. And I mean, that's a backup. Like you, if you plug your your vacuum cleaner, mm-hmm. right? And and sometimes it'll draw a little bit more or, you know, it, that, can, that can trip a GFCI. Mm-hmm. So having your appliances and things like that um, on a GFCI sometimes can be, a, you know, an annoyance. So, yeah. All right. Do they look the same? Kind of. They do say, you know, one says AFCI and the other one says GFCI. Okay. I think the, the yeah, and they're they're changing. It was uh, AFCI started uh, new construction in in like '99, and then but GFCIs have been around. They started in the '70s, putting those in '70s. Yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. How about one more? We one, might have to. Okay. This might be, have to be a little component because we get some nice conversations. Uh, yeah, going on so. these. But um, let's see, what do we got? Okay, let's finish it off with with one more piece of framing. Okay, sole plate. And top plate. Sole plate is known by a few different names. Yeah. Is it the same as uh, bottom and toe? Well, I've never heard it called toe plate. I've heard it called bottom plate. So bottom and sole is the same. Yes. And then a top plate. And that's the bottom of your frame. So all the studs sit on top of that. Correct. And then sit below the top plate. Right. And do you know, if you were looking at a house that had no drywall in it, right? could you tell which wall, just by looking at that top plate, which one are load-bearing and which ones are not? Would I look at the corners, like where it meets another wall? Because like when you come to the, the 90 degree, mm-hmm. one... Something has to be on top, right? Don't you kind of layer like the top yeah, you plate kinda, yeah, of yeah. the other wall will be the beginning of that top plate and then your new top plate? Because that's why corners have a couple of studs put together, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you get that. But that has nothing to do with the load bearing? No. Okay. That's not what I was talking about. Load 
bearing. Mm. No, I don't. Usually, a load-bearing wall will have a double top plate. Okay. And a non-load-bearing wall will just have one top plate. Saves in lumber. You don't have that load of the roof coming down on it. So you'd have, to, you'd have to cut the studs. If, if you were just using like regular length, like you were using the studs at length for your wall, that's how tall your wall was going to be. Yes. Then you'd have to shut everything or cut everything on a load bearing a little bit shorter. Right. Oh, we're going to have lots of comments. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> no, this is great. That was very helpful. That was fun. We kind of okay. stuck to framing. Yeah. Yeah. I got that's a lot of framing stuff. stuff. So that, that so. sounds great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. So last up, we're going to finish today. With Kayla's corner, okay, and what Kayla, um, well, well, let's let's preface it with we talked about, I believe it was f- in the bathroom. In the bathroom, we were gonna fill a bathtub or something with Jello or water because we were I couldn't remember. We were making sure that your um, the framing could hold the weight of a tub, and you had to think about what you were gonna put in that tub, i.e., how big a tub. And the water that would be in a big tub. Right. And you had to consider that. And then I think I considered if you wanted to put jello in that tub. Right. Would you have to make a more supportive? Oh, because this was the party tub. This was the party tub. That's right. Yes. Which. So our concerns actually ill founded. We don't have to worry worry about it. it. Yeah. Because apparently um, the density of jello is only slightly. Heavier than water. Since the mass of one gallon of jello is essentially the mass of one gallon of water, however, in each stage of the compound jello, the weight will flex. So um, when it's liquid, it's going to be different than when right. it's set up as jello. So science says there's not enough difference to affect its buoyancy very much. So water is more dense, being a liquid, than the gelatin, essentially a crystalline organic solid which forms the semi-solid mix. (laughs) Therefore, a volume of water compared to an equal volume of gelatin is heavier and thus more dense than the gelatin. Of course, because the proportion of gel molecules to water is extremely small, the gel makes only a slight fraction of the whole mixture, which means that the difference in density is very slight. So go ahead and plan on your party tub. Right on. You'll be safe. Thank you, Kayla. (laughs) Thank you, Kayla. (laughs) If you have any questions or helpful tidbits like this, please send them to askamy at amyworks.com. Also, leave us a review and a rating if you have such the mind to. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Felicia. Makes me wonder. This podcast is sponsored by AmyWorks, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.